Well, hello there. It's so nice that you're back with us. This is the football podcast from We Play Strong. It's time to talk about maybe the most debated topic in women's football, equality. When the topic equal pay is raised, it often leads to heated discussions between two camps. One camp, the faithful supporters and athletes who understand the level of sacrifice and effort female athletes have to put into their sport, often with more obstacles in their way than their male counterparts. But not only that, they also understand that it takes investment to elevate the game. The other camp sits on the argument of simple economics. You don't attract the same crowds, television and sponsorship deals. So why would you get paid the same? But is it really about equal pay? And what do we mean by that term? This is the one where we don't deserve equal pay. Please join the conversation by using hashtag WePlayStrong and be sure to subscribe to the football podcast and leave us a review. My name is Rocky Ayakaya and I am your host. Please let me introduce to you our lovely guests. They are both Danish superstars and a huge inspiration on and off the pitch. First up, she plays for Paris Saint-Germain and is a force to be reckoned with. Welcome back, Nadia Nadim. Hello, guys. <laughs> hey, yeah. Uh... Our second guest is the other Danish superstar, won the trophy for UEFA Best Player of the Year twice, is now playing for Chelsea, and it's so good to have you here. Welcome, Pernilla Harder. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hello, how are you? Hello. <laughs> My first question for the both of you, and Nadia, you may kick this conversation off, is... Can you explain why we are so far behind in comparison to the men's game? Football or sports in general uh, is a mirror of the society. You know, it's not only sports, but if you look how far we are in terms of, as we say, equal pay, having like, you know, leaders in like the high post in the society, it's because women or we just got our rights not so many years ago, you know, the right for voting, the right to be able to work the same jobs as the men's do. So I think it's something, we started late. We started late compared to when the men start playing football. And and then for me, like when you start comparing, like why are we not playing the same level? Why are we doing this way while the men's are doing that way? For me, that's stupid because they've started like ages ago and we just literally right just started, you know? And then for me, I always say quality, takes time um, and and I think we're on the right path uh, people just have to open their eyes and understand that it's not gonna take over gonna happen overnight I agree uh, with Nadia it's it's a lot about the structure and the society how it has been for so many years that the women have been in the kitchen and doing stuff like this when the men have been out doing the physical things uh, and then suddenly women also want to do these things and it's just it just have to change the the mindset and it takes longer time for some people than others yeah and and how important is it that people know about this history of of women's football in order to in, understand that inequality i mean it's always important to to understand why things are the way they are uh also to to maybe understand why we want more uh and why we're not happy 
with the way it is. Um, so I think it's always important to to understand things. Um, yeah. Yeah, to, to to know where 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 it all comes from. Nadia, how is that for you? Why, do you think it's important for people to understand that the history about women's football, or do we just have to focus on on the now? No, definitely. You need to know like where you came from, you know, to like to find your own identity. It's important for you to know where all started. You have to appreciate the people who started, the women who went, you know, took the first step. And also in terms of, you know, we were talking about that, you know, we were f- so far away and some place around the world, women are not even allowed to do sports yet, you know. So imagine, you know, and when you see teams like Viet- uh, Thailand during the World Cup, you know, and and yes, you 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 know there there's a huge difference in like the the level among the women's as well. But the countries who got to start the, like football or sports earlier are so far away from the ones who just started now. So this is like a comparison of you know what we just talked about, like the men's, because these people have been doing this for ages, and then the teams, women's teams, who just started maybe I don't know hundred years ago to play are like I've achieved so much in really short time and then and for me again I think it's is important that everyone obviously is, has the opportunity the having access to the game but secondly it's important to know where you come from and how you how women change the game you know through history so we can kind of do it other places as well yeah yeah because because the funny like this this fact about history is that at the beginning of the 20th century women's football was hugely hugely popular so throughout like the 1910s and 1920s women's football games in Britain drew like tens of thousands of spectators i mean this is crazy they had about 53,000 people with even 14,000 people standing outside. And this was all during the First World War, uh, where a lot of women uh, were emerging from their homes to enter the factories and, well, joining football teams. And when the men came back, um, well, to be in short, it was banned. So it's so crazy to know that um, that it was very popular, but then they also banned it in order to to give the men space to to play football. I mean, that's crazy, right? This is like kind of like we know it's you know a bit like oh, we don't have entertainment. The men's are not here. Let us just let them play because it's entertainment, you know. And then when the guys are coming back, they're like, uh, no, it's okay. We don't need you anymore." It's 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 stupid, man. I don't get it. But it's it it's so it weird. Hey, and uh, the discussion about equal pay almost always leads to an emotional discussion. And it has become a polarized debate, like I just said. You've got the one camp and then you've got the other camp. Why do you think that this is the case? I mean, why do you think people act so emotional, um, Nadia? Honestly, I don't understand the emotions um, um, because it's it's a really open debate. Well, I can't understand it from our point of view because what we're trying to achieve is not really understood, but I don't get emotional by it. Let me just be clear. I think like we have our point of view and I think for me, obviously equal pay is the goal, but for me, most important is like equal access or equal rights, you know, first and foremost. Yeah. I think it's sometimes a little bit understood that when I say I want equal pay, that I want the same as Ronaldo from tomorrow. I mean, it's not really like this. We have to start at some point. And it's like what Nadia said. We want the same uh, facilities, the same opportunities. That's equality for me. Uh, when people have the same 
opportunities to succeed. Uh, and of course, like we can we can work through to have the same uh, salaries as the men, but the gap is so huge now. So uh, it, it's not that what we ask for at the moment. Uh, we we want equal opportunities. Um, and then, of course, it's also about respect that we have. We get the respect we we earn from what we are doing every day, um, and just that maybe a, a salary that can make us live from it. That all the women's players who's playing now, that it's not just the top of the women's players who actually get salaries where they can can live some years after their football on it and have some kind of security. It's not that we have to to earn like millions a week no no i i understand where you're where you're coming from and um you just signed or well just already a, a little while ago you you signed a record-breaking deal with your new club chelsea how do you feel about that because you are one of these i think top elite players does it bring any extra pressure i mean it, some labels like this always bring some kind of pressure um uh, but uh, i'm all i see it more as like a start for something new uh, in women's football that it can also be some kind of business for clubs to to buy and sell players. Um, so I, I see it more like that, that I hope that this is something, some start of something new. Yeah, because because if we would focus on the positive changes that we've had in the past maybe two to five years, uh, what comes to your mind? Like, what are examples of the progress that we're making within equality? I mean, I think more men's teams are getting a women's team. Uh, I think there were more teams that are professional um, around Europe and the world uh, that makes more women's players to live professional and, and get these uh, facilities that they need to, to perform at the highest level. Um, I think that's that what you see now. And you also see that the level is higher now in more clubs. It's not like I think this year's Champions League, when you see the teams in that, I feel like almost all the teams can win it. Uh, and that's that's something special, um, and the way it has developed. Uh, but but there's still a still a long long way to go. Uh, I think uh, when you talk about equality. Yeah, definitely. And, and Nadia, do you have any like examples of those positive changes that you have witnessed or have experienced the last years? Yeah, definitely. I think you know, um, uh, as we kind of spoke about it, I think we are in this you know development of women's game in terms of finances. You know, I think when Pernille signed the contract, it was a huge thing. But also, like if you go a couple of years back, you know, when Ramona signed to Wolfsburg, that was a huge like you know record breaking. I think this is gonna happen slowly. You know, in a couple of years, there's gonna be other players who're gonna sign huge you know contracts. Um, it's just because there's coming you know, investments and money in the game, you know, you see like, you know, uh, uh, you see grand big sponsorship deals uh, with UEFA, FIFA. Um, and I think for me, this is just a natural development, the next step. Um, so we are moving in the right path, but obviously sometimes it looks really, really slow. Uh, again, if you compare to, to the men's game, but if you only looked on the women's football, um, I think it's been happening a lot of uh yeah big steps and uh, again we've been talking about the um the you know the tournaments world cup 2019 or or before that the the euros every time you see like there's a huge 
jump almost in the level of of the game every time the teams are getting better the games are closer um and the reason is it's because teams are the women's teams are getting more professional and that's because there's more investment in it and i know it sounds wrong when you talk about like you know professionalism or level and money but we just have to be realistic if you want to have elite footballers who can train two times a day uh seven days a week you know you they need to be able to live a football you know and the more clubs are able to do that the better players we're going to have and the better level of football you're going to have it's just common sense uh, and i think you see that more and more every time there's champions league you know uh there is a the world cup euros and so on it's also about the youth um when for boys and girls that there were the same opportunities in a early age uh, because that's where the kids they really get educated in football uh so already at that point there is such a big difference in equality there is no equality at least not when i was young i don't know if it's changed a lot but i don't think so you see a lot of good academies for for boys but you don't see that for the girls and that's where it all starts and i think that there is a big potential there uh, imagine if all the girls got the same opportunities as the boys uh, for me it's like if you put all the boys in a in the best schools of course they will get a better graduation um, than the girls i think there is a big uh, inequality if you look at the boys and and girls uh, i think a lot of girls teams get parents as coaches it's not bad it's really nice but if you look at the education uh, of football then it's it is better to get the best coaches obviously uh, so you learn a lot about football in an early age that's true mic drop how was that for you growing up uh, did you feel like I, i think the answer is yes but how did you feel that inequality as a girl growing up and dreaming of becoming a professional football player Yeah, I felt uh, yeah, I felt the inequality uh, where I come from. There is the perfect uh, facilities for for boys football academies and everything, but there were no girls academy. Um so yeah, I I kind of myself had to find out how to get the best training or how to yeah, I was driving driving hours to get to the club training and yeah, there was nothing there's nothing that's are given for girls um you have to to work for it yourself yeah you just have to put that extra effort in and um um yeah i do see it as well where we we you kind of you get more academies for girls and uh, you do see some of the clubs trying to invest in the youth um youth develop the development of the youth um so these are all positive changes so that that is nice but again still a very very long way to go um so just to give you some of the examples uh of how of these positive changes and of the fight that some of the the the, the women and some of the clubs are are having is that the US women's team with their lawsuit against the US soccer i think we all know that one uh of course Ada Hegeberg against the Norwegian Football Federation and you both of you took also took action towards your federation and just the list goes on and sometimes with success and um for example the Brazilian Football Federation agreed to pay the women's national team players the same as their peers on the men side uh, and there's so much more that we could mention um, but I know that you both also took action against your federation um, Nadia can you explain a little bit on how that went and and why you all did that 
Um, yeah, it was again, it was a uh, fight for equal rights. You know, uh, we wanted to be be able to have the same opportunities, fa- same facilities, be treated uh, as as the men's. You know, as uh, as as players who the federation is proud of, and then try to protect us as much as possible. You know, when it came to being able to have a pension, when it came to came to injuries, being proper like insured. You know, training on decent grounds um flying back from i was playing in the u.s flying back from the states not spending two days on a travel you know literally basic stuff that that i would say would be given for any employee to have basic rights that's what we were fighting for uh not necessarily but it wasn't really about the money uh which i think at the beginning people were thinking that's it's about the money um I couldn't really care less about it at that point. For me, I think we have to, you have to be realistic and you have to take steps, uh, step by step. And our first step was obviously to have the same opportunities and be treated the same way, not necessarily in terms of finances, but in terms of how they look upon us. Okay, these are valuable assets, players. Let us protect them. Let them make sure that they get injured, they get the proper treatment, you know? So that was it. And, uh, and it was a... Harder struggle than I I thought it was gonna be, and obviously that cost us the the World Cup qualification, um, which still sucks and hurts. But I think it was a fight that we had to take, and and I think this is it wasn't only for us, but the the you know future generations, the girl coming after us. You know, we took the first step, and I hopefully this is gonna be the basis for something to build on later on. Yeah. Yeah, because Pernilla, can you explain like what what change happened after you all as a team stood up uh, to your federation? I think the way the federation looked at us, uh, I think there was a lot of changes in the federation, uh, new people coming in and more football football people uh, who also values the women's side. And I think that was the biggest biggest uh, change actually, uh, because we felt valued uh, and we felt like they really wanted us. Uh, they wanted us to succeed, uh, like genuine. Um, and I think that was the big difference from before the, the conflict and to after. And of, of course, also the the facilities we, we then got afterwards. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that was the biggest changes. And are you happy now with, the, with how the things are going and the terms uh, at the Federation? I think it's such I think it's such a big difference. I feel like we are more like a unit with the federation and the men's side and the way where we want to go also we want to go together. Uh, it's not like there is a men's national team and the women's national team. I feel we we get more unit now and that's so important. Uh, especially for us to feel like we are part of the the Danish federation uh, and they really want us. And yeah, I think the way we have they have been treated us the last few years has been a different, uh, but we still want more. We we are not 100% equal yet with the men's uh, in terms of uh, facilities. So uh, so we are still fighting for every, every single thing we can fight for. How would you advise players to speak up about this with their clubs or with their federations? Would you give them, could you give them advice on how you did that? I mean, it's mostly important that you do it together. You uh, you have to all be in it. Um, of course, I would not advise to get all the way to a conflict like we did. Uh, I think we all wanted to avoid that. 
but uh, if if there is something you want, if you want to change, you have to stand up together uh, to do it. If you want to change, you want to bring the change, you have to speak up. You have to, you know, you have to target or address the issue, address the elephant in the room, you know, because yep. nothing's going to come if you just sit down and you're like, oh, we are so unhappy, but you're not really doing anything about it. Um, so first of all, yeah, take that step. And it might be hard. It might, you know, has consequences as it did for us. Um, but sometimes you have to sacrifice a bit to gain something. Just just a part of life, I guess. Um, and yeah, the changes we've uh, happening right now are really visible. Um, you know, and I think it's pretty cool to see. And, and as again, I think we're on the right path. We're not there yet, but this is going to be huge for the generation after us. Can you remember a moment when you were confronted with inequality as a female athlete, Nadia? <laughs> Listen, I've, this happened all my life, I'm telling you. Uh, and Pranil was talking about when she was young, you know, that she couldn't uh, have academy she could play. When I was young, I couldn't even play football because of who, who I am, you know. And I think, again, when it comes, it comes to equality, What I fight for is not only for the teams like us in Europe and and in the U.S. You know where the fight is. You know we're fighting of obviously equal pay, getting better facilities. My fight has always been having the right to play football. You know, uh, and you asking about inequality. Literally, I was I would say all my life, and I, sometimes obviously it's been because I was a girl. Sometimes it was been because of my the way I look, whatever. Um, but I really, I couldn't really do much about it besides just trying to do my best. Um, it's again, it is what it is, and uh, I'm working to make to bring a change slowly. I think um, it's happening everywhere I go. Um, so I might not be, you know, experiencing the goods right now, but I'm pretty sure that the people after me are gonna feel different about it. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you came a very long way by just having that mindset. So, I mean, you know, you, you know, you know how I feel about that, and you, <laughs> you know, know how everybody. I know you love me. Not your thing. Just say it. Frankie, say it. Say you love me. I think you already have changed a lot. I mean, your story is uh, inspiring, and I think a lot of a lot of people look your way. That's for sure. Thank you. Appreciate that. You both stand up for equality. Uh, can you explain why you're doing that and how you're doing that, Nadia? I always say um, I I hate when things are unfair, uh, and I don't really understand why why there's such a huge difference in between how we are getting treated uh, on the field, off the field, just because we have a different sex. Uh, you know, when it comes to to football or any kind of sports. Um, so I don't really understand that, and the way I I try to change it is by educating and 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 you know speaking about it, speaking about the issue. And for me, mostly I think the people who are really against this are the ones who are ignorant towards the issue or do not understand that all humans have rights, you know. And 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 the, and so the way I can do it is obviously be a good example, walking, you know. And like you know, being one of the first ones, and also, also talking about this. Um, that's why I do stuff like this uh, uh, after training, um, because I think it's important to raise awareness uh, and also, also, 
someone has to do it, you know. Um, and I think we are obligated uh, because of our platforms, because when we speak, people do listen. And because when you talk about it and there's more people, you know, talking about the issue, I think is going to apply pressure on UEFA, FIFA, clubs, uh, governments who do stand with the power uh, to do the changes. So, yeah, in the same way as Nadia, yeah, I feel like that everyone should have the opportunities to succeed in life. Also that's no matter if you what sex you have, what religion you have, what race or what skin color you have. And that's something that that I, that I'm really like what can I say like passionate about that I I want to fight for these things and I want to speak up when I have the opportunity uh, and I also think that now when when we have a platform where people listen to us and we, we can actually make a change, I think it's also yeah like obligation to do it, uh, like Nadia said. And um, and I'm also doing it because I want to. Uh, I think I think it's important to 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 be able to make the changes where you can and make the world a better place. Uh, and if we don't say anything, nothing will happen. Um, if you want to make the the change the mindset of the decision makers, then we have to to speak up and they have to yeah, to see us, uh, that we are not satisfied. Uh, if we just go go around and, and feel like we are treated inequal, inequal then, um, and we don't do anything about it, then nothing will happen. We have to speak up. Yeah, definitely. And I think you're not only speaking up, uh, you're, you're also taking action, uh, the both of you. So I think that's, that is amazing and so important. Um, you both have played for different teams, different countries. Do you see a difference of equality at the clubs that you've played with, um, Pernilla? And, and how is that? Yeah, I think um, from Sweden to Germany, there was a big step uh, in... Um, in the equality, the facilities around the team, it was much more professional when I came to to Wolfsburg. Uh, just in terms of treat the physios and the coaches, and that we had our own pitch and stuff like this. But but then again, when I went from Wolfsburg to Chelsea, I I see actually one step up again. Uh, I think Chelsea's women's team uh, looks a lot. Uh, what can you like? They they look at the men's team. How are the men's men's team doing it? Um, how are they set up in everything they do? Then maybe we don't have ten pitches our own. We have maybe two or three, and we might not have ten physios, but we have three physios. But the setup, they try to to do it the same way. Um, so yeah, I think that's good, and that's also what how we can benefit from the men's game. Uh, that we try to to do the way they're doing it. Um, and try to to what was it like strive to to do it in the same way. Yeah. So so you every time you change the club, you kind of felt like you went a level up within facilities and and uh, all of those things. Yeah, I did. Not to say that in Wolfsburg it was also really good. Uh, I won't say anything bad about that uh, because we were we also had a lot of good things around the team and yeah. But but I just think that yeah that Chelsea was one step up again. Yeah, and I think it's it's another club, it's another club culture. So, um, yeah, okay. Hey, and Nadia, how was that for you? Because you played uh, Denmark, New uh, the uh, the United States of America, 
England, France, um, everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I haven't you played? Uh, seriously, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, one thing is, you know, the bigger clubs are, the bigger the nation, uh, you know, the bigger the national teams, women's national teams are, the better, like you know, the facilities, the better the professionalism is around the football. So I, I experienced the same way. Um, you know, I've, I think, been, I've been in really great leagues and i've seen that as i said the more the more the women's football is acknowledged acknowledged and respected the better is everything around it in the club that i've been you know in the states obviously that was crazy because the women's national team there are like you know rock stars the players are loved you see them everywhere and and then the, you know the teams, the the clubs, they do the best to have the everything they need. Um, and then you know, Penny was talking about that every time she changed the club, she would experience a higher level. Um, and I think also you have to think this happened over uh, time, you know. So I think we are also slowly moving towards that, you know, that that because it has been, I don't know, five, six, seven years, with time, everything's going to get better. Um, that's just natural. I think we are in this development where we're moving in the right way. Obviously, Corona came in a really unfortunate time. Um, and I hope that it's not going to affect the women's game like crazy much. I know it's going to affect it, definitely will. Uh, but I hope that it's not going to affect it uh, so we don't have to start like really far back again um because i know that big clubs like chelsea psg uh, lyon the players are not gonna really get affected the same way but little clubs where they just you know maybe where the players are starting to have semi-contracts um you know full-time contracts um trying to live off football i think some of the clubs might get affected because of yeah lack of money money and uh, you yeah. see it in, in, in clubs in, in Germany, the men's, even men's teams, second division. Um, so if the men's teams are getting affected, I'm pretty, pretty sure that the women's team are going to be the ones, the first teams that are going to, you know, exact. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And um, this is something we couldn't foresee. No. Um, and um, I mean, where could women's football be if all of the clubs would have this investment, this this space uh, to invest in the women's uh, women's teams? Oh, wow. That's a, yeah. that's a big question. Wow. <laughs> it's a really big question. You know, for me... We've been speaking about this. I think it's the mindset. It's the mindset in the society. You have to understand that, listen, just respect that there are some women who want to play sports, do sports, and they're really good at it. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Because I think, like, you know, the ones having a really, you know, locked or, or closed mindset that I don't want to watch it, and they've never seen a football game. And then they see it on TV because of the World Cup, and they're like, wow, this is amazing. I think from the beginning, if you have an open mindset and you see this, because if there is if there's interest from the society's part, the investment are going to flow in. That's just, that's just how finances work. That's how money, you know. If there's an interest, TV interest, whatever, and people are watching it, the money is going to come. Uh, and I think for me, where it should start is trying to change the mindset. Um, not not trying to like, you know, well, we need to find investments. No, try to find change the mindset 
in the society. Like be open-minded about it. And then I think everything else is going to just come slowly. Yeah, well said. Uh, and Pernilla, what, what, what would you think about that? If, if uh, all of that women's, fo if, if all the investment would go to, to the women's football teams, uh, because for example, if you look at Liverpool, uh, their men's team is insane, but their women's team has just, I mean, last season, uh, you know, went to, uh, went, went to division lower. Um, yeah. What, what would you think if that would, be the case if uh, all of these clubs would invest into that women's football i mean i think the of course the quality will get even higher i think if you see where we are now without equality without teams investing 100 in women's football i think we have come far far so so if if you could imagine that everyone would invest in women's football uh, from from youth to to senior i think I think the quality will will be amazing, and that and then I also think that the people who who tell us that that women's football is not not the same level, uh, I think they will not be able to say that. Um, but yeah, it's dif difficult to say what what comes first. Uh, yeah. But I totally agree that if everyone in the world would would be open minded, then it would be a really nice world to live in. <laughs> uh, yeah. And sometimes, so <laughs> yeah, sometimes I don't understand why people are not open-minded. Why not try to see it from other perspectives uh, instead of just from your own? Um, but yeah. That That's would, ignorance. Uh... That's called ignorance. <laughs> That's called ignorance. <laughs> and ignorance. Why, why do we have that in the world? Yeah. I don't yeah. say it, but... <laughs> Big question. <laughs> Lack of education. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. 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 Hey, and uh, Pernilla, do you think that the men's game is taking away space for the growth of the women's game? Um, nah, I, I don't think so, actually. I think we can benefit from it. You see, it's it's the men's teams that, that invents, invest in the women's, uh, women's teams. Uh, I think we can... We actually can benefit from from the men's also because we, the men's football is so high. There's it's like so hu it's huge, um, and we always want to go there. We want to strive to be the same. So we always women's football has a big potential. I think. Um, so so I I actually don't think so. What about what do you think, Nadia? Um, no, I think that that'll be wrong to say, you know, I think we're talking about inequality, uh, and then it'll be weird for us to say, no, they cannot be this big as they are, because then you're kind of doing reverse. <laughs> uh, so I think that's just not right. I, I, I'm, I'm searching for equality, not just because I'm a girl, like, you know, just because I'm a human being, I want the same rights for everyone, women, boys also, I don't want it only be for us, you know, that's not what we want so no i don't think that men's football is is taking away the space i think they have the right to play and i think how far they've reached is because you know they've worked for it uh, and but also because they've given the chance now we want the same chance um that's it and i don't want to take it away from them to give it for us that's that, that doesn't make any sense in my world that's not how it is that's not fair so. No, that, it's definitely not fair. No, well, well said. And um, last question. Uh, what change can you as a player make in this battle of equality? I think it's just to like raise the flag, like, yeah, speak up together. Uh, 
no changes will happen if we don't do anything. So it's about speaking up, using our platform, uh, try to change the perception from the decision makers, I guess. Mm. Yeah, you've already done it, so it definitely works. And for you, Nadia? Um, yeah, one thing is obviously speaking up, using your platform. Secondly, obviously, I think it's important to kick ass on the field, you know, show them that they're wrong. Uh, the, the perception of women's football, uh, you know, that, you know, this image they have without even having watched the game, that that's wrong, you know, and being obviously professional on the field, trying to be the best version of yourself and, um, yeah, entertain them. I think that's the, the way to do it, uh, the better football players, you know, the higher level and the more interest it's going to create. And then at the end, more investments. So that's how you create the change. Be good football players. Simple. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. We're going to play the game. She said what? And I've got five quotes about equality and you have to guess from who the quotes are. Oh, so yeah. I'm so gonna- bad at stuff like this. But okay, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out. So first of all, they are all uh, female footballers. So that's okay. No, thing. <laughs> you know, well, it's not gonna be ignorant men or like yeah. other people like you know having these uh, quotes. So um, we're just gonna start off, and when I'm ready, uh, you can just call out her name if you know it, and if you're not, I will definitely give some tips. Oh, wow. So, okay, all right. Here we go. The first one. If we were under the men's contract, we'd be making three times more. Mega Rapinho. Wow, that's quick. <laughs> Was that right? You're right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's correct. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Megan Rapinho. Okay, okay, cool. Hey, Pernil, she's on fire. She's on fire. Yeah. Okay. Another one. Look at some... Oh, First of all, this one is difficult. So I have to like be honest. This one is oh. difficult. Okay. Look okay. at some of the salaries in the men's game. You're talking 100 to 200K a week. How can the women's game justify that when we've got 3,000 to 5,000 people in the stands? Ooh, that's a hard one. Is it, a, uh, is it an English national team player? It's an English manager. English manager. Yeah. Casey Stoney. Uh, Oh my God, Nadia. (laughs) (laughs) I spoke to her on something I could imagine her saying because she is, I think she's brilliant. So, cool. Cool. Okay. Okay. Come on, Pernilla. We've got three to go. Do better. Do better. (laughs) This is not my thing to guess what people say. That's okay. Okay. Here we go. It's not always about money. It's about attitude and respect. Uh... (laughs) Come with a guess. Who could say it? Um, Nadia Elite. Nadia. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Um, Elite player. Elite player. Alex, she... Alex Morgan. No, she plays in Europe. I would is say. She... Go ahead. Is she from Europe? Okay. Scandinavian country as well. Scandinavian. <laughs> I gave you the chance, bro. You can. I was waving. <laughs> Ada Hegerberg. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, okay, okay. Can we one. just like make a like extra clip? Like we pretend that I say one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here comes the quote. Nowadays, we're fighting for equality, especially in terms of pay, which is great. But in other parts of the world, women and girls are not even allowed to touch a pee-pee ball. Uh, that must be Nadia, Nadia Nadim. Yes, great. Well done. Oh. Well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yes, score for Neil. Very good. Yeah. Okay, we've got, we've got one more left. I'm gonna give already like her national nationality. She's from England. Um, we need to grow the women's game, and then you can talk about equal pay. Jill Scott. Steph Hewton. Is she playing? She plays in your team. My team. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Frank Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Frank Kirby. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> cool. Nice. I, oh, yeah. All right. Well, congratulations, Nadia, but also congratulations to you, Pernilla. You did a really, really good job. Uh, well done. Yeah. Okay. We've learned that the debate about equal pay is not just about money. It's about equitable pay and equal opportunity to overcome the huge backlog women's football is experiencing. We're making steps forward, but so much still needs to be done to raise more equality on all different levels. We hope you've enjoyed it. Make sure to join the conversation by using hashtag WePlayStrong, subscribe, comment, and share. Let us know what you think of our podcast. And while you're at it, tell all of your friends to come and check us out. Thanks for being with us today, Nadia, and a special thanks to you, Pernilla. It was lovely to have you here. Thank you. It was a pleasure. And thanks for listening and stay tuned for our next episodes. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>